0: Hello there and welcome to Sweet Shot of Time. I'm your host, Steve Barnes, and we are in the midst of recapping Dark. Today we're doing episode three, which is called Past and Present. And I am here with my co-host, Lindsay Dunn. Ahoy there, Lindsay.
1: Ahoy, Steve.
0: I, I hope there's um at some point in this show Dark that there's boats. That will make this ahoy there <laughs> worthy i know there are, i know there's a lake at one point but are there any boats i don't remember
1: i don't i don't think there are any boats it's one of the connections we don't have between 1899 and dark <laughs> no boats unless there's a toy boat at some point but i i don't think that's gonna happen
0: uh i'm gonna stick with it anyway i don't care <laughs> so <laughs> man stop I now <laughs> yeah <laughs> This past and present episode takes us back into the past, 1986. Um, what are your general thoughts about this episode?
1: This episode is very interesting after the last episode, mm-hmm. you know, the first episode is the opener, right? The orientation to the world arc, so we're yeah. in meeting all the characters. And in the second episode, I told you how I felt like this, that one was really leaning into the murder mystery. and was more on the investigation and who might do what. Yeah. And then this is the first episode that gets into the time. And so we begin to explore more the relationships between the present world and the past world and how those two things might inform each other. Yeah. So I feel like it's sort of like discovering your Christmas present and getting to <laughs> open it and explore it for the first time. So there's a lot to take in. There's a lot of different things to try to pay attention to at the same time and you know this it's just a very intriguing episode in general because we're meeting some characters for the first time or meeting right. some characters for the second time in a different form than We've met them. They were adults. Now they're kids or were, they were old men and now they're younger men. And so Mm -hmm. it's just, we're beginning to, it's, it, it's like going from 2d to 3d.
0: I'm a sucker for it. I love it when you have like two actors playing like the same character a younger and an older version so i'm a real sucker for this um i don't know if you call it a trick or not but Mm -hmm. um i really like it a lot and it's um they're doing the same thing in yellow jackets they did the same thing in house of the dragon um so like in some of my you know three of my top shows right there um you have it happening and that's what I found most neat about it. It was a little confusing trying to, like, piece things together. Like, when you're hearing a last name, you're like, oh, whose last name was that? Um, mm-hmm. for somebody who's re-watching this for the third time, fourth time, you know, that kind of stuff is, is going to come easier. But to, like, the first time watcher or even to a second time watcher like myself, um, trying to make these connections was difficult. And I guess one example I'll give right off the bat is burnt the dude who was running the power plant right now Mm -hmm. um i was kind of i was (laughs) in my head like frantically trying to figure out who he was like whose daddy was like what his relationship to the town was um then when i saw like in your recap his last name's doppler i'm like bingo it's charlotte's granddad or whatever you know um that is correct right he is charlotte's granddad
1: uh not really he's so remember that charlotte her last name is Doppler, but it's because she's married to Peter Doppler.
0: Oh, so it's Peter's dad so, or granddad uh, or whatever.
1: Burned is Helg's father. Right. And Helg is Peter's father.
0: Okay, gotcha. So, so Burned
1: is Peter's grandfather. Yeah. Sorry, I made that more complicated than he <laughs> <laughs> could have
0: said Well, I see, something. I was thinking it was from the Charlotte angle, though. So, yeah, see, these kind of things I'm still learning. <clears throat> so, you mm-hmm. know. I, I love time jumps. I love intricate character design like this. Um, Yeah. Well, speaking
1: to the, mm -hmm. you know, just to speak to the first time watcher, if you're watching this, you're not alone. So don't feel (laughs) like you're not intelligent enough to enjoy this show because we were all there with you. Steve's on a second viewing and he had no idea, you know, he just said he had no idea who that character was. I'm on my fifth viewing and I'm still finding new things that I didn't see the first time because because now that my brain has absorbed the big details, I'm beginning to absorb (laughs) the little details. Yeah. And this, I'll put a plug in for my recaps. If you're having trouble, go to those written recaps because I solve many mysteries, even though I'm, I'm fine, I still find corrections and people write in and they correct it for me and tell me like, you got, you had this detail wrong and I found a spelling error in my thing. So it's like, there are mistakes in here, but (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm here doing a lot of the heavy lifting for you.
0: I love the written recaps. Everybody knows by now they're one of my stories. And I'm going to tell everybody a, uh, a secret tip. It's a, this is a life pro tip for you. What you do is like if you're at work and you can't listen to podcasts and you can't like watch anything on YouTube, you can't watch any like, you know, recap YouTubes like Lindsay's. All you got to do is just go to her website, which is probably not blocked because my, I work in a corporate <laughs> center and her website is not blocked because it's not like any kind of site that's dangerous. So you go to the recap you want to look at, which in this case is, you know, episode 1.3 past and present control, and then you select all on the page. Then you open up a blank email, email it to yourself, and then you're going to paste plain text <laughs> on that page email it to yourself and bingo you've got your recap in an email form anybody walks by your desk it looks like you're studying an email and (laughs) you're really looking at the dark recap
1: (laughs) this is an elaborate scheme steve thank you for that pro tip
0: (laughs) i've never done it myself i've only thought about it (laughs) i've never done it with any of my tv shows i watch (laughs)
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's a very detailed recap, so they'll think you're reading a detailed email. And That's right.
0: My face would be making all these different, like, you know, contortions, like, whoa, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. wow, he's really solving our company's problems right now. But, <laughs> but Lindsay, I don't have any um, housekeeping this week. Um, I'm ready to get right into the recap, if you are.
1: It sounds good. So, this recap opens with a commercial. <laughs> Oh great! For for Raider candy bars, which we talked about in earlier episode, but that is Mad's favorite candy, and she found the wrapper in um, at the grave in 2019. She tells Ulrich that, and so it just opens with this commercial, and um, in the commercial we pull back, and it's we're inside the Nielsen house where the teenage Oric lives. So we're opening in that 1986 timeline that the, the, uh, the scene, the last episode, we were left in 1986. Now right. they just open in 1986.
0: Right, we're picking right up where we left off. Like Mickle is like at the front door, opening the door right now and this commercial is playing as he's doing yeah. so. And
1: the door is open. Oric, we notice, didn't close the door. Mm-hmm. We find out about we found out why later but for now the door is just open so he looks like just a very irresponsible teenager but <laughs> god <laughs> just left the door open
0: but he's not he's he's listening yeah. to his mom
1: <laughs> yeah so Mickle enters the house and begins walking around this space that is both familiar and unfamiliar at mm-hmm. the same time and he calls mama and uh, you know the there's a person on the couch, wearing this sky blue bathrobe, and she wakes or chooses to do not sleep, but she wakes up or lifts up and think you know says Mads, and she's very confused. Maybe she was sleeping, dozing, or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And here's Mickle, who might resemble Mads a great deal with Probably the dark does. hair and yeah. And the skin, and you know the paler skin, and she comes over to him, and she's trying to, you know, she's kind of pawing at him. I don't know what you can even say how what she's doing. She just kind of—that's of
0: exactly it, yeah. <laughs> touching
1: his face and and trying to figure out like who, like who are you? What it like? You were grabbing a doll and you were like investigating it for the first time. Yeah, and um, you know she's wanting just calling like, do you know where Mads is? Sure. Because you know, she's missing her son and Mickle is terrified of what, of what <laughs> she's doing. And she's kind of pulling on him and yeah, he ends up running away.
0: Yeah, no doubt. The so. couple, of, only a couple of things I had taken from this is like, first off, does she remember this encounter? Like that's very important to me. Like if we were to ask mm. Jana in 2019, you know, do you remember the time, like you know? Of course, you remember when Mads was first men- missing. Do you remember a strange kid walking in your living room randomly and scaring you? And I'm thinking she probably would remember that, I guess, because mm. um, it happened. Well, we just saw it happened.
1: Yeah, and that's her grandson.
0: She doesn't recognize him as her grandson, though. Of course, but I mean, well, I when, know, but when I'm he grows if up, this,
1: if this is what i'm saying is this is 1986 um yana right? right ulrich's, ulrich's mom. mom and so in 2019 Mikkel is the gra- is the child of ulrich right so yana knows him as her grandson so if she if this if this event happens in 1986 and 33 years she realizes <laughs> my grandson looks a lot like that kid, you know, like, so, um, I'm just agreeing with you that, you know, does, she, like you said, does she remember it? Right. You know, she doesn't know it's her grandson then, but in in 2019. And your brain does yeah. things
0: like to faces, like, especially after 33 years, like if you haven't mm-hmm. seen somebody for 30 years, like you kind of forget what their face looks like, like all the complete structure of it. So it wouldn't be unusual for her not, you know, as Mickle grows up, once he hits that certain age and gets that certain hairstyle and maybe buys that certain jacket. Um, by that time, she might've like for, not forgotten that incident, but just hadn't put in two and two together, you mm-hmm. know? Cause I mean, a lot of things happen in our lives and we don't always put all the connections together. That's just a random yeah. off that off <laughs> that's the first thing I thought of when I saw that. It's like I wonder if she remembers that like in twenty nineteen like some weird kid walking in and she didn't realize at the time and still doesn't realize it was like mickle the whole time,
1: yeah, but it's um, it's mm-hmm. a tough scene, but also it's a tough scene to watch for from his perspective, but the other thing I think about is you know she's an adult woman and he's a kid, yeah wouldn't you this just illustrates how what a bad place she's in almost like how ulrich was with with um with jurgen and like oh you were selling the kids dope you know i mean <laughs> here's a here's a kid that looks really scared in your living room as shocked as you might be to see this strange kid you might w- wonder are they okay you know can i help call he somebody okay. for you and he just kind of runs off and she doesn't even attempt to go after him or, or care for him. Her only focuses yeah. on Mads and the fact that it's not Mads and how disappointed she is by that.
0: Yeah, I'm sure like after that happened, she just went right back to the couch and just laid there and like cried. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. Missing Mads. Um He's obviously in shock because I thought based on the last episode that he immediately, like he immediately recognized Ulrich as his dad and he immediately recognized Katarina when he looked at her. I thought that he had put it all together at that moment, but obviously he's in shock because he's still Mm -hmm. questioning everything. And he's still through this whole episode looking for answers. So he hasn't put it together yet. um, Obviously. Um, I guess the only other thing I wanted to ask you is, is um, Raiders is a real And this is just beside the point, but I want to know, is this a real commercial or did they shoot this commercial for the show?
1: That's a good point. I believe it's a real commercial.
0: I was thinking it was too, but I wasn't sure because I know that they have um you know there's a book we're going to see later on in this episode, a book that does not actually exist in public libraries. <laughs> so I wasn't sure if like this mm-hmm. was all made up too just to serve the plot. Um but that
1: Yeah. I think you know with the, when it comes to the book, that's one thing, but they've shown like music videos like they haven't created any fake music videos and <laughs> correct, the commercials correct. so i think that would yep. be that would be quite a quite an effort to put
0: i didn't put she's, she's watching she's out there watching mtv okay i get it all right
1: <laughs> <laughs> um i do think it's worth noting one last thing i want to point out about this scene is that mickle is in really bad shape and i'm not sure that was as apparent in the last episode is right. how beat up he is his face has wounds in it and almost like burn marks or incineration marks or it could just be from being in the cave and being dirty um <clears throat> but it's his appearance is is pretty pitiful
0: yeah, I think somebody mentions that he needs his stitches on one of those spots on his cheek. I think the cop says that. Um, yeah, he's not looking great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I got for that scene. If we want to. Um...
1: Yeah, so we're now in the hospital and we watch yep. this nurse just stride down the hall, all in white. But luckily, this nurse is nothing like Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we find out who she is because one of her coworkers asks her to cover the night shift because she has to take benny to soccer i did end up adding that to the recap because we have not met benny yet but right. that is a character we're going to meet later later in the show so i was very excited this was one of my finds this episode i was like oh she mentioned Benny, you know, but Benny is a character <laughs> we're going to meet eventually. Um, very intriguing character. So, uh, we, yeah. So, the the first woman who was strutting to the hall has n- nobody waiting at home for her. So, that leaves her more free to cover shifts. Yep. And we see that the nurse's name tag says Enos Conwald, who yep. is the woman reading the Note left by Michael.
0: Jonas's granny. Yeah.
1: That, that
0: hasn't come to visit Jonas for a few months, we we hear from Hannah. So but right now she's looking you know, looking tight, you know, looking good, helping mm-hmm. people out. Enos is my uh I'm not gonna no spoilers for who my favorite and least favorites are. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't really have any you know, other notes for this episode. I mean for this um for this yeah. scene, other than, you know, she seems cool. And not only did she like help her co-worker like cover a shift but she also made like a little joke about it to be like "Ah, oh, it's all good you know see i'm mm-hmm. i'm laughing so you know cool lady
1: yeah i thought that was yeah i was i was thinking again this is a great example of not there's not a lot of dialogue but mm-hmm. i think we learned some things about inez in this scene that she's Probably a very calm, cool, and collected person. Yeah, she can move with the tides, and she also can keep secrets. You know, she's her, her, her coworker. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's probably a very trusted colleague in and her in her job. Yep. Uh, so then there's a girl riding a bike through town, mm-hmm. and the girl stops and notices a dead bird on the ground. So we've talked a lot about dead birds yes. already. <laughs>
0: Here we go with and another one. And she
1: picks it up. Yeah. So she picks it up and puts it in the satchel. And that's really all that happened in this scene. But I did go ahead and and share that yes. based on what we learned later,
0: yeah. the
1: girl is Charlotte, Charlotte Doppler. Well, she was not Charlotte Doppler at the time. She's what whatever her last name is. But yes. this is Charlotte. And... Uh, You know, in the the other world in 2019, she is there when the dead birds all drop and here she is with her dead birds.
0: Yeah, she was a smart uh, detective in 2019 and we're seeing how she, I guess, became a smart detective. Like this is a smart move. 80% 80% of the people watching this were probably like, "Ooh, gross. You picked up a dead bird." <laughs> the other 20% were like, "Oh, that's a really neat way to like have a model to be able to draw, you know, because if you don't you, you can't force a bird to sit still." So she's kind of like using this bird as a model for her to draw and I don't know, it's a smart idea. It's a really out thinking outside the box kind of way of thinking.
1: It is a smart cool outside the box, although you might wonder how long that bird stayed in the freezer before anybody found it. But I think the other thing, (laughs) the other possibility, the other possibility that could come out of this scene is that, hmm, Charlotte seems really interested in dead animals. And I think mm-hmm. you know Jeffrey Dahmer was as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you know we could come we could come away with this. Sure, believing this makes her look suspicious, especially considering her very stoic affect as she's doing this. There's not, you know, she's mm. not very emotional about it. So it it could mean you know is like is Charlotte some kind of serial killer in the making here <laughs> that she's.
0: <laughs> I took it as differently. Like when she pulled out that art book and started drawing and she was such a good artist, that mm-hmm. completely like flipped my mind around to think like the other 20% of people that were like, oh, this is what her plan was, was to have a a model to draw. And that's a, a reasonable way to do it. Kind of a weird way. People going to think she's a weird girl, of course, but I don't know. I mean, us who watch this show are attracted to weird things so
1: mm-hmm. oh steve you sweet child
0: <laughs> i guess so i don't know what you're talking about but i guess i am
1: <laughs> steve's like steve's going out. Oh, isn't it great that she Make some dead animals stick them in the freezer, Uh, but no, I mean it's not great to keep
0: them in the freezer, but it is a a reasonable way to keep your model in pristine shape is to keep it at Mm -hmm. a temperature where it's frozen. (laughs) Or maybe she's afraid to let go of things. I noticed there was well, we haven't even gotten there yet, but
1: yeah, we'll keep going. She has an eye for detail, right? So (laughs) we got to another house, and a policeman is listening to the news. It's November fifth, nineteen eighty six, and the police have no leads about Mad's Nielsen's disappearance. And listening to this is Egon Tiedemann, who's the grandfather of Regina, and he happens to be the head of police in Winden. So, uh, you know, that's that's what Ulrich's job was. But in nineteen eighty six, it's Egon, and. Uh, he's kind of listening to this news report. It's like listening to your failures being reported back to you <laughs> on on the radio. Yep, the, I yeah, I guess so.
0: I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> he's kind of a mess, right? He lo- he looks like a mess. Kind of has that sunken face, sunken posture, um, disheveled hair, uh, mm-hmm. clothes ill-fitting. Just kind of looks like a mess in general. And I noticed his last name was Tiedemann. So obviously... He's related to the other Tidamans that are, are you know, affiliated with the power plant. The Tidamans also owned the hotel in 2019, and they beget Bartosh at some point, the Tidamans mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, I just wanted to clarify those things. Those are the only notes I have for this scene, too, is like how much of a mess he appears. He looks like a Archie Bunker kind of drunk type and i guess he was cast as this for a reason to show us that he's kind of like yeah just kind of a mess
1: <laughs> yeah eventually when he goes out on the job we he he is wearing a very official looking coat um more or but less but i think yeah but so I don't know. I thought the I thought the jacket. <laughs> here we go. With the jacket. again. I thought that jacket was impressive and looked very official, and he had the hat. And I was like, when he went on the job, he seemed a lot, you know. Until he moves on to going to Ulrich's house and talking to him. Up until that point, he's when he when when he's there investigating. I felt like he was doing a thorough job. So he's, but when he's in there by himself in the office, kind of (laughs) mulling over his failures, he definitely (laughs) doesn't look good.
2: Correct. But he receives
1: a phone call and says that he's going to be right there. So somebody's called him for a job of some kind.
0: That's right. And we catch up with him later. (laughs) Right. Actually pretty soon, but uh, I guess we'll move on to some new characters or at least a, a new adult character.
1: So now we see Claudia Tiedemann, which this is wasn't said, but I'm telling you, it's Claudia Tiedemann. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've, we hear her name spoken out loud soon enough, and she is taking a teenager named Regina to school. So this is Regina Tiedemann, the hotel owner in 2019. Um, so she's taking her to school and claudia is getting ready to start her first day as being boss and she's got her bright red lipstick she's Mm -hmm. got red shirt on and she's kind of practicing her speech that she's going to give yep and she's also berating regina about her appearance and telling her how ratty her hair (laughs) looks and this is every Every uh, daughter's worst nightmare to have mom talking to you like this. Um, <laughs> yep. Kind of reminded me a little bit of, of uh, Yuck talking to Ling Yi in, <laughs> in 1899. I can um, see that. Uh, different topics, but it's still like, what a, what a disappointment you are is kind of the overall. <laughs> uh, well, I overall guess by vein. comparison,
0: I mean, if you compare the mother's appearance to the daughter's appearance, it's night and day. Um, this is a very different Regina than I would have pictured her as a teenager. I would not have pictured yeah. her as like, a, you know, a messy type um, airhead. I would picture her as more like her mom, basically. I thought I wrote down here that 80, 1986 Claudia really reminds me of 2019 Regina. Um, mm. Their demeanors, or at least what I know of Claudia so far, it seems like she has a real, you know, tough, rigid exterior. Um Doesn't seem to be as crazy as Regina is at this point, but, you know, maybe time will tell.
1: Right. This is a very teenage, teenager parent interaction, though, with the tears for fears playing in the background Mm -hmm. and the teenagers in the back seat rolling her eyes and (laughs) my mom is giving you a lecture in the front seat. It was pretty, pretty familiar and, and it was kind of nice that way. It was like, ah, oh, this is, this seems so normal, right? It's it's like every, every coming of age story we've ever seen.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and they're pl- <laughs> they're playing that shout by tears for fears and it like yep. rolls us right into the next scene. I love the way it does that. Like they're listening mm. to it quietly in the car and then like when they enter, like it becomes like our background music for like the high school and it's uh. It's really fitting for the scene. They picked a good song for this.
1: Yeah, this, this scene is great when it, you know we get back to the high school. I think it's, not, it's a nice little slow motion, mm-hmm. you know, feet of the students arriving and everybody's dressed in this. 1980s attire and I saw adidas sneakers and it doesn't look corny
0: or stupid it looks like normal it looks like normal 1986 not overdone or like funny it's like it looks legit of its time like there's
1: nobody with jane fonda you know (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) um but Mickel's also got this he stands out for many reasons number one is he's dirty and we already said that he's wearing this skeleton outfit yeah that that's like a costume from Karate Kid so I mean I was like of course I think karate PJs are like cool but (laughs) I I don't know I don't know if that was that was cool in Germany um And he's also got this contemporary, his hairstyles and sort of this page boy cut. I don't think that's how boys were wearing their hair back then. They might have been doing were, wearing yeah. mullets.
0: Skater boys. Skater boys wore their hairs like that in the 80s. Absolutely. Um, but I don't you're think right. we
1: see anybody else with a haircut like him.
0: Nah, you're right about that. He's one of a kind. <laughs> he's this also young, he, he's also like younger than everybody else too we got to take that into consideration that's true he's not a high school student he's obviously like a middle school student at best
1: yeah um, As and he's sort of pushing his way into the school because he feels maybe he can find his mom
0: right she works she's there. the
1: principal of the school right
0: I mean it's logical
1: um, <laughs> But we have, we see the posters that Mads is missing that look an awful lot like those posters Uh of Eric in 2019. So there's a lot of mirroring and we've already mentioned so many things, but like the mirroring being like the posters in the two worlds and the Raider candy bar in the two worlds. And because I've said several times now, back in 2019, this happened in 1986, (laughs) this happened. That happens really throughout this episode and throughout the show things repeat have a tendency to repeat themselves
0: yep and yeah today is november 5th 86 and so like mickle came from november 4th um 2019 so it was obviously the night before that correct it was a night before that he arrived at those caves and then wandered up to his house that morning right
1: well, that's a good point. What was the date? Now I'm like, what yeah, was the exact I, date?
0: I went back to the notes and it was like our first episode occurred on November 4th. That's what it said like okay. at the beginning of the episode. So now it's November 5th. Um, so yeah, that, it's like that's the,
1: interesting. Cause I always assume, see, I was assumed in my head that he actually was stuck in the cave for a few days, but I guess not. So that's, I mean, that's good I guess to know. Not. I don't know. It's the next day. Yeah. Yeah. So, inside the school, we have some teenage girls <laughs> talking, and they're talking about this song. Yep. Called, well, the, we don't. Then we don't find out the song name of the song. It's called "Genie," and by Falco. And the 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 girl is saying, "Do you know what the song is about? It's great, and it's about this." A uh, man who kips, kidnaps a girl and takes her to the forest to kill her because of her red lipstick.
0: Yeah, yeah the red lipstick. <clears throat> yeah. And I mean, they're right. This this song is creepy. It was banned. Um, or, you know, I guess in some places it was. It became like an import. And Falco, I've mentioned him like back in episode one when I was just mentioning like, you know, random like German fans that were cool in this point of time. Falco was one of them. He's the Rock Me mm-hmm. Amadeus guy. He's the Durakamisar <laughs> guy. And um, yeah, it's cool that they're trading Falco tapes in the hall here. I like that.
1: Right, and so the other girl is Hannah, is listening in on this, and she's a little bit younger than Katerina, and we yeah. may not have known that before, but she's, she's kind of, the the appearance you get is that she's slightly younger and trying to hang out with the cool girls.
0: Yeah, like she's a freshman um, and hanging out with juniors or something like that.
1: Yeah. She likes Nino D'Angelo way better than Falco. So <laughs>
0: That means she's cool, you know?
1: Yeah. This is a this is a this is a, this is a instance where it was really I found the typo here cuz I had Nina D'Angelo and so I was going to look up some, I was going to like you know, what is, who is that? Nina D'Angelo is like a drag queen that's around now, and Nino D'Angelo is a German, <laughs> or yes. uh, actually an Italian entertainer from the 1980s, so like one letter makes a big difference. <laughs>
0: Again, yep. Um,
1: <laughs> so, uh, and then Mikkel comes up to them and is looking for his mom, and the girls are kind of making fun of him, Katerina is basically she bullies him. That's like his, mom, his mom, right?
0: <laughs> she should have been like, <laughs> it's, it's, me. it's me. It's me, yeah. Michael. Hello.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I know She no, I, remembers I, seeing him at Ulrich's house and Yes. And then Hannah gets interested, oh, you were at Ulrich's house, you know.
0: <laughs> oh, that's um, correct. That's right. Yeah. yeah all of a sudden, she's boy. like, "Oh,
1: you knew? All of a sudden, she perks <laughs> up when she hears Orik's name immediately. Mm-hmm. And it was—he's just Bickle. the 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 actor here was so good. He's just so adorable and sad. And we find out that Katerina is just a huge bully because she just she pushes him. She mm-hmm. makes fun of him and is not helpful at all. So.
0: Yeah, like uh, I think. I think the shove is what like sold it for me. Like if if they had just walked mm. off, like, oh, we're late for class, we gotta go. They would've been like just thoughtless girls. But like the way she shoved them, I think that like, you know, that showed the bulliness. She wanted to slap him in the head the way the uh, the Nielsens do. But she, I guess she restrained herself.
1: <laughs> that might've even been comforting to him. Oh, they never recognized this.
0: <laughs> Stockholm syndrome.
1: <laughs> mm. Anything else you want to say about this interaction
0: here? Um, I do not. Do you?
1: No, I just I do think it's a really interesting scene though at the school and you know meeting your mom. <laughs> you talk. I remember reading a book. You were talking last week about imagining what it would be like to go to the past, and I have a book where uh, it was a, I don't remember the name of it, but that I read where a a girl goes back to the past and meets her mom, and they become friends and it's her chance to kind of see that my mom is actually a person and she was once like me okay (laughs) like that didn't happen here it wasn't this isn't like mom was once a kid like you too it was like mom was once a bully and she ate kids like you for breakfast so (laughs) so uh we're now at the power plant and claudia arrives for her first day as the boss she's Gets on her high heels. Yep. And she's got that lipstick red shirt on. <laughs> and uh, back to the lipstick again. Lipstick, yep. mean lipstick. And okay. So <laughs> she's greeted at the gate by an overly friendly man mm-hmm. who turns out to be Helg Doppler, who was the man in episode one who was. Um, saying it's happening. It's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. That guy, this is, that is Helga, the man here.
0: He doesn't seem crazy uh, right here. He just seems normal right here. I mean, he seems kind of over eager, but he seems normal like he's not going to repeat himself over and over again and run through the streets. <laughs> it seems like this guy is yeah. normal, but he's like, you know, I don't understand their relationship, but yeah, yeah, he gives her a gift, which is odd.
1: He gives her a gift and he's kind of tripping all over himself. Yeah. To you know, to talk to her, it's maybe you think maybe he has a slight crush on her. You know, or he seems to. He's like he congratulates her for her new role and and she's like nice to him. she's polite, but yeah. she's obviously ready to get around him and even <laughs> after she walks off, he's like uh, Claudia, we're all rooting for you. you know? so that was so it was just pathetic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was a really pathetic move, but yeah, she was really nice to him. I mean, she gave him like a genuine smile, but you could tell she was, yeah, ready mm. to get him with her first day and get her get her boss thing going. Yeah. But he was he was busy too, though. He had a little job he was doing.
1: Yeah, what was the job,
0: Steve? It looked like he was cleaning up, in my opinion, Ulrich's mess. <laughs> That's my guess. Somebody had graffiti well, <laughs> No Future on the street yeah. there and like white paint. And I remember seeing that th- mm-hmm. same thing on the back of Ulrich's leather jacket and I saw the same thing in Ulrich's room, that No Future slogan or logo or, you know, saying from the Sex Pistols song, obviously. Mm-hmm. And right there in front of the power plant, it's obviously a, uh, a political statement, uh, I would say.
1: Right. Now, Helg also, you know, he's, we find out later, he's the son of Burned,
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: who's the head of the company. So why is he out front cleaning off graffiti?
0: I think he's in trouble. I think this is his punishment.
1: (laughs) This is like detention?
0: I don't know. Like, he should be like, you know, maybe taking the maybe taking over the power plant from his dad i mean nepotism i know that's not a great thing i know we're rooting for claudia here um but yeah it it makes you wonder why is the president's son the janitor
1: yeah the parents like to pass off their inheritance towards their progeny but in this case helg is not for whatever reason he is not leadership material and this was this is a smart Kind of a smart way for them to show that without without telling us you know he's out front cleaning up graffiti this is something burned would never do and it's something nope. alexander <clears> definitely <throat> would never do is it now steve no. he said you're gonna have a heartbeat
0: <laughs> and plus i mean i could not i mean he wants to hand over the power plant to somebody who's like strong with leadership skills and that's more mm-hmm. claudia helgi is yeah. more the type of person who's gonna you know smile and give you a present on your first day and try to be your friend and he's i don't think he's tough leadership material that the plant needs right now <laughs> maybe that's how his dad mm-hmm. is seeing it
1: yeah the thing with regina and we see this throughout but she it just she doesn't have time for nonsense really mm-hmm. so you know it's nice that you said hi to me helga but now please let me get on my important meeting she's very business oriented
0: that's right I'm going to be business oriented right now. Um, if we're done with this scene, I need to take a break. Did you have mm-hmm. anything else for this scene, though?
1: Nope.
0: All righty. Break time. We'll be right back. We are back, and the last people we were talking about were up there at the power plant. Is that correct? We were talking about Claudia. Right, we
1: were at the plant, Claudia, Helg. Yeah. So now. We are on the field with Egon Tiedemann, who's talking to a farmer named Herman Albers. This okay. is Katerina's father.
0: Just Wait, so you know. Who is Katerina's father?
1: Herman Albers.
0: Really? The farmer. Uh, I wish I'd known that before. Okay, well, I'm going to. Good call. Thank you very much. Continue. The only <laughs> reason I know
1: that, and I, I remembered he was somebody. But there's this thing called the dark wiki. I used the dark, dark wiki to okay, look it yeah. up. And it's Herman Albers is his name and Katarina, it's Katerina's father.
0: Interesting, all right.
1: Yeah. So he filed this damage report after he found 33 of his sheep dead mm-hmm. that morning. And there's really no known cause. And Egon's doing his best to narrow down what the, the most typical causes and the farmer ends up quoting a scripture from Mark thirteen thirty three. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. <coughs> Excuse me. Egon's really surprised because he really didn't know that Herman Albers was so religious. Right. But uh, Herman reports that there is a new priest in town. <coughs> <laughs> a new priest in town that yeah. is a good man, <laughs> or seems to be a good man. So now, Steve, I'm sure you have some notes for this scene.
0: I do, of course, there's the 33 thing. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that's all, that also ties into Wheel of Time also. The number 33 comes into my, my show, Wheel of Time. But let's focus here. Do you think that when the guy quoted that um, scripture that he knew that he was, that the correlation between the 33 sheeps and chapter 1333 or is that just like a, you know, a coincidence just for us watchers?
1: I think that yeah, it's interesting cuz he is the one that says I found 33 sheep.
0: Right. That's why I was wondering. And it just happens to be
1: Mark 13:33, but I mean we didn't see him say Oh, so many thirty (laughs) threes. We did not. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say no that he's not making that connection. But we are, we are making that connection. Sure. Probably because thirty three has come up already, at least once.
0: Right. Remind us when. Remind me when.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Good question. Well, between 2019 and 1986, there's. I don't I think there was one other I don't remember yeah sorry yes 33 years but I don't I think at least once the number oh um Yana Yana tells Ulrich 33 years ago and then Ulrich tells Charlotte 33 years ago so part of the investigation is they you know Ulrich is quoting (laughs) facts he learned from his mom (laughs) (laughs) stellar detective work there Ulrich (laughs)
0: Well, like another thing, uh, the only other note I had for this was the new priest in town. And Mm. that's something I underlined, because uh, maybe because I've been watching like certain shows with Heather, like most recently, like the David Koresh thing. It's like when people start um, idolizing the priest and that's the reason that they're going to church, not necessarily for religion, but because they wanna see the priest or the preacher. That can be a little something, you know, to watch out for, you know. Yeah. That's that's the only uh, correlation I wanted to make was that I don't know anything about this priest, but I know that, you know, I hope this fella here is not just (laughs) taking the priest at his word at every turn.
1: Yeah. Cults of personality kind of stuff. But especially because if there's a missing kid and a new priest has come to
0: town. (laughs) Hmm. I didn't make that you know. connection.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we know the church has always been wonderful with children.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> also, it is sort of, um, it is sort of interesting, the connection, you know, we're in the dark ways. So with okay. 1899, I was also thinking about um, Angel and uh, being the wolf and the sheep and Okay. And, uh, you know, you're a wolf and I'm a sheep, and, and also the, the quotes and having a priest, you know, so it's just... Wow. These, these guys <laughs> love, their, love their repeat performances, right? Uh, these that things keep right. coming back. But it's, um, yeah, part of this investigation, plus this was another cool uh, cut we had here because we were looking at the no future yeah. And it cuts to he says, I found the sheep like this. Boom. <laughs> there's this like dead <laughs> sheep lying down everywhere. It's very powerful visually how they how they do that. And then there's that bass boom sound they make that
0: yeah. you know. We're I going from no too.
1: future to these dead sheep.
0: The sheep have no future either.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Not these. So Claudia comes into the workplace and her assistant tells her that Trant Nielsen from the newspaper is waiting for her. Okay. And she gives Claudia some reports that are confusing to, to Claudia. Sure. And we know the name Tront Nielsen from the from the 2019 timeline. Right. This is Ulrich's dad.
0: Yeah, the same guy that went like for the search, and he had blood on his sleeve, and <laughs> he had all blood that stuff. on the sleeve,
1: sneaking into the house, terrible liar,
0: and he's still sneaking around <laughs> here. Obviously, he's
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, she she walks in where Trant is waiting, and we learn they're having an affair. Now, last week, Steve, you speculated that <laughs> Trant was having an affair, and we find out yes, he has been having an affair with Claudia.
0: I was completely joking. I was just basing that on the fact that he was leaving in the middle of the night in 2019 and he's this old man saying he's going to the gas station to get rope or
2: something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you
0: know, I was just completely kidding. But yeah, when I saw this happening, I was like, wait, Claudia's not Hannah's mom, is she? And I looked at some last names. I was like, nope. she Okay. So we're, we're safe. It was just a funny joke. It wasn't any kind of spoiler. Mm-hmm.
1: And he sort of begs and pleads to see her tonight because it's very Mm -hmm. sad at home where Jan is just so sad. And so he needs a break from that environment and no nonsense. Claudia just says, maybe.
0: (laughs) It's a total callback to like the Ulrich Hannah situation like Ulrich is, I mean, Hannah's, mm. yeah, yeah, Ulrich is all like, you're gonna be at the meeting tonight? I wanna see you at the meeting tonight. She's all like, maybe, mm. you know, and she's, you know, having a sad household. And I don't know, There's, I think there's some direct correlations there. But yeah. That's true, like,
1: although although Hannah was more beguiling and flirtatious yeah. in her answers than, than Claudia. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was kinda, I mean, let's face it, guys, Claudia is a power woman here. I yes. mean, she she's like, maybe I will entertain your sexual advances. I'm wearing my red lipstick, I'm wearing my high heels. I am the boss, I am boss woman.
0: Yeah, looking at those reports, not liking what she sees. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. she's she means business. She's not just going through the motions. If she was just going through the motions, she would have just grabbed that report, tucked under her arm, been like, thank you. Um, that lady was wearing some weird clothes. <laughs> <laughs> that Who, army Claudia? green No the other lady that gave her the report Oh yeah She's wearing that army <laughs> green thing was... with the red stripes or something on it
1: Yes It was very almost military yes. Slash Star Trek um, Yeah it was It was pretty cool I was. It reminds me of Sort of um, like a uni- Almost like a uniform Like everybody's gonna sure. wear their parachute Parachute pants <laughs> in there <laughs> Almost like a space suit, yeah. It was,
0: it's not the plant uniform, is it for like the power I plant mean, employees?
1: We didn't see anybody
0: else wear, no. wearing it. It was an odd but, choice, yeah. but she, yeah, she wore it. I, mean, I was gonna say she <laughs> rocked it, but let's just say she wore it,
1: <laughs> yeah. That's another, and she was like kind of wanting Claudia, I think, to. She was trying to like trying to investigate or find out more what Claudia was seeing, and Claudia yeah. was just like, mm, never mind, I'm moving on from you. So, yeah,
0: yeah. and it's probably so.
1: Mickle, oh, I'm sorry, oh, go ahead. Sorry,
0: oh, I was just gonna say, it's probably not a great idea to like if you're cheating with somebody and y'all are married, don't show up at the person's workplace just a word of advice that's
1: a repeat that's a callback too (laughs) Hannah did that right yes (laughs) guys dark is teaching (laughs) dark is teaching us life lessons everybody (laughs) as you're watching the show we are finding out many of the keys to success and one of them is don't show up at your at your lover's
0: workplace yep
1: (laughs) your secret lover's work
0: Correct. Yep, that's all I had to interrupt you with. <laughs> Thank
1: you, Steve. Thank you. So, Mikkel has now arrived at the police station. He went to the school to see if he could find his mom where she works. Now he's going to the police station because that's where dad works.
0: Right. Makes sense to me.
1: Yeah. Mikkel is a very reasonable kid. He's going about this, you know, he's not sitting down to cry right, or just feel sorry for himself. He's like, I'm going to try to help, find help how I can, where I, the, the safe places I know to go. I've gone home,
0: I've yep. gone to the
1: school, I've gone to the police station. He's being very yeah. reasonable.
0: Completely re- more reasonable than any kid that age probably would be.
1: Mm-hmm. Instead he finds Egon Tiedemann, who thinks, seems to think that Ulrich is playing a joke on him because Mikel is telling him he's Ulrich's son. And, you know, Egon obviously has a history with Ulrich of some kind that we, we don't really have access to, but he thinks Ulrich's just kind of playing a joke on him and he's gonna go take care of it right now. So he's excited. Egon is has never looked so alert and ready to go. You know, you said he you said <laughs> before he was looking sort of sluggish. Wow, he is all he is all ready now to go and harass Ulrich. When I first watched this show, and I'm I'm not changing my assessment of this, I still think it could be legitimate, but it seemed to me that Egon is sort of the type of policeman you know, there are some adults that seem to hate teenagers and or think teenagers are sort of always problematic or just trouble sure you know i'm i'm from the library background i was a teenage librarian sometimes you know we hear you hear your co- co-workers talking about how much trouble those teens are at the library and that they're always getting in trouble me being somebody that likes teenagers that always really bothers me mm-hmm. so it it you know, one of my thoughts is that Egon just has sort of a prejudice. Now he could hate Ulrich particularly more than anybody else, but I, I feel like he's the type, the way he comes across to me is that he's just like, teenagers are just trouble. So. Uh,
0: I haven't seen him inter- interact with any other teenagers. so I can't really base that right now. All I can, what I'm thinking is, I mean, I'll just go ahead and say it what I'm thinking is that he's been investigating the case of Mads. So obviously he spent a lot of time in the Nielsen household, you know, asking questions, gathering evidence. He's probably questioned Ulrich like multiple times, like searched Ulrich in Mads' room. So there's a history there with him. And Ulrich has probably always been kind of crappy with him and like expecting, you know, Aegon to do his job and find his brother. So I, th- I think mm-hmm. that Ulrich has like built up a lot of, um, like, nihilistic tendencies towards, like, authoritarian figures, mm. and he's sad that his brother's gone, and he just doesn't trust this man in particular, so he gives him a lot of heat, and so e- Egon obviously doesn't like that. He wants, you know, he, he's a police officer. He wants order, and mm-hmm. that's not Ulrich.
1: Yeah, yeah. Ulrich is going to he's going to rebel against the system so yeah it's a it's a it's a it's two people diametrically opposed that are like yes. arch nemeses Ulrich yeah. and egon yep.
0: yeah <laughs> oil and water
1: <laughs> so mickel is sitting at egon's desk and just solves a rubus cube no problem <laughs> We we sort of knew he was a really smart kid already because of the magic tricks, but this this scene always makes me laugh. It's like, I've tried solving a Rubik's Cube and it is not easy. My nephew has a Rubik's Cube that actually is three by three instead of six by six, so I thought maybe that would be easier. It's not.
0: I was in, I was really into them in the 80s, obviously. I had the Rubik's Cube, the Rubik's Pyramid, the Snake, all the different stuff. So I was really into it. And like, it's a pattern. You know, that's, that's all it is. It's a pattern. And once you figure out the pattern, you can do it. Geniuses can figure out the pattern really quickly. And I think that Mikkel is one of those types. Um, either he's mm. played with them. No. Well, yeah, he's, he's could have played with them in 2019, I guess. Yeah. Probably not, though. Probably not. More than likely. Possibly. Um I th- I think that scene was put there to show you that Nickel figured it out really quickly and that that was the first time he's done so and he's a bright kid.
1: Hmm. So he's dials his phone number and gets a wrong number message and he's sort of rummaging around on the desk like you do. Yeah. Egon has left, and so he's going to look through all the papers and everything on the desk. (laughs) Why not? And he finds a missing person report for Mads and the photo of Ulrich and Mads that he might recognize from his house. That's a
0: big find right there, yeah.
1: And several newspaper clippings that, that verify that, yes, the date is really 1986, but also... You know it's information about the investigation with Mads and Mickle finds a lighter sticks that in his pocket and a representative mm-hmm. from the hospital arrives and who do you think it is Steve? I who think would it's, they
0: send? I think it's that lovely unattached woman that doesn't have anybody at home waiting for her. It'd be Inez.
1: <laughs> yeah so she she comes in to get Mikkel and She is so good with him, the way that she's completely opposite from what Yana did, right? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) They're in different states of mind right now. (laughs) Yes,
1: yes. But she's basically, you know, she doesn't try to touch him or grab him. She lets him come to her and just says, we're going to take you to the hospital and you can tell me what your address is. And she's very soft-spoken and kind and... I would go with her too, Steve.
0: Yeah, it'd be hard not to because she seems so calm and even keeled. So yeah, I would as well. I didn't have any notes for this scene either. Like, I think... Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I so should now, or not. There was, I don't think there was much to notice in that scene besides what you pointed out. The lighter, he probably shouldn't have stole yeah. that, but I'm glad he did because he needs it later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I was, you know... It, I couldn't actually remember why he why he took the lighter. I was like, why would you take a lighter? Yeah. You know? But he Michael doesn't seem like the kind of kid, I don't know, he doesn't seem kind of he doesn't seem like the kind of kid that would just steal things. So, right. I don't know what he was thinking unless he was, yeah, he could have been thinking what will happen. But <laughs> moving on from here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Egon has arrived at the home of Tront and Jana Nielsen to confront Ulrich right. about this this annoying trick that he thought was so funny. Um, <laughs> so he comes in the door, which is open. We've already said that the, the door is just left open. And he hears this this rock and roll play.
0: <laughs> rock and roll racket. Turn that garbage down.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and this is a cool scene i had to watch several times because of all of the all of the things they show us correct so if you're a quick viewer like obviously steve is you spot that no future slogan on the wall which looks a lot like the slogan on the uh the asphalt right
0: yes and it's on the back of his jacket we saw that in the last episode too
1: right and you already pointed out that it's a line from the sex Pistols song god save the queen Mm -hmm. and it's a slogan that was adopted by the whole punk rock movement so uh not just ulrich so people people who were into to punk music were using this slogan it was you know, like gnarly dude for certain. Right. (laughs) I mean, it was
0: underground punk, but at the same time it was completely above board too, because, you know, they played the Sex Mm -hmm. Pistols on FM radio all the time. It was a hit song. And that No Future chorus was like a regular refrain that you hear. I mean, it it is punk decidedly, Mm -hmm. but it's also, you know, kind of mainstream punk, we would say. But our boy Ulrich here is into some more intense stuff. He's listening to some Creator, And this Mm -hmm. is like a brand new band at this time out of Germany, they just released their, this is just their second album they put out. And I remember when this album came out, it was a groundbreaking, you know, thrash metal album. And this made me look at Ulrich in a different way. I looked at him and I was like, you're a creator fan too, Ulrich, all is forgiven buddy. I don't care what you (laughs) did back in 2019. You're my best friend now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I can. I can imagine seeing this scene for you, and like even our buddy Nate. You know, yeah. it would fe- it would probably feel like, oh, okay, this is you know one of my people, sort of. You know, absolutely, like, yes. And and the the prejudice that can accompany that from people who right. just see it as 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 you know Satan rock or whatever.
0: And then on the flip side of that, though, somebody who could like a uh, see that and be take comfort, like, I could take comfort in the fact that Ulrich is a metalhead. I'm like, oh, I can relate with that. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, I was just kidding, of course, all is forgiven, <laughs> but, I mean, it it does kind of, like, play with your emotions a little bit, too. It's like, you don't want to hate him as much, yeah. but you still have to remember that, oh, even though he likes some of the same stuff you like, you know, he's still, like, a serial cheater, and he's still, you know, he's got his right. issues, so... Got to keep yeah, that in all mind. Is for, all is
1: not all is not forgiven, Ulric. <laughs>
0: <laughs> on second thought, Ulrich, maybe you got some work to do, buddy.
1: <laughs> so, a couple of other things in the room I want to point out is a record album on display that's called "Fist of Hebron Tabula Smaragdina." I don't know if you spotted that, Steve, but I did not, uh, no. it's, it's a record album, and this is a made-up record album. Ah. This band does not exist. This album does not exist. Huh. But uh, tabula smaragdina is a is a symbol we are going to see a lot in dark. And if you look, if you Google tabula smaragdina, you will see that it actually stands in English for what's called the emerald tablet.
2: Cool. Okay. It's
1: an elaborate symbol of with with like letters. It looks like letters and words underneath a flap. And this is, I just want people to be aware of this. It is in this album, it is on Ulrich's shelf. So um, look look for the connections later on. We also have a collection of figurines sitting somewhere in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, the figurines that Yana had was leaving on the grave reminds us of that. And we, can, we see that one that she left on his grave is in the middle. So there's like five or six of these I think what you called knockoff He-Man yeah. <laughs> He-Man figurines <laughs> that are that are there, and so it's these are very quick cuts. We aren't spending a long time on that, but we kind of see okay, Ulrich and Mad shared a room, right? Um, this, that was Mad's side of the bed? It's his figurines. So Egon confronts Ulrich about the boy sent to the police station, and of course Ulrich is like, I don't know anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. He also picks on Egon for having alcohol in his breath. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Uh, Egon really is interested in, in front of this record album, the fake record album is two things. There is a hoof and also a set of horns. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So Egon picks up that hoof and uh, you know, he's putting two and two together with the mm-hmm. investigation with, with these sheep, Steve.
0: Yeah, he's trying to make uh, some quick connections.
1: Also, obviously, Egon speaks excellent English because mm-hmm. he was able to make out the lyrics of this very fast. So this was interesting to me that, like, I know it's a writing choice, but it's also like, okay, does does Egon actually know the lyrics? Or could you, because I couldn't, understand the lyrics to the song without looking it up.
0: I mean, I think they're trying to say that he picked out the lyrics that were playing as he walked in the room, because those were the lyrics that were playing as he walked in the room. But I don't think any normal person would be able to pick out those lyrics. (laughs) So I think he's a closet um, creator fan as well, maybe. I don't know.
1: (laughs) He's just, he's really, he's that good. His hearing is that good. But uh, Egon quotes, in English my only aim is to take many lives the more the better I feel
0: it's like more evidence for him basically that's yeah, what he's more grasping at is that like this is more reason to believe that Ulrich sucks in his mind
1: yeah like I should not say only... not Ulrich
0: sucks but Ulrich is guilty of things let me say clarify
1: <laughs> right not only is Ulrich got horrible taste in music <gasps> but he for, I'm, I'm interpreting for Egon. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> for an Egon's perspective, not only does he have terrible taste in music, but he may be attacking sheep, killing sheep, and he may even be responsible for hurting these, bo- hurting his own brother because okay. he's listening to this music about taking lives.
0: Sure. Doesn't yeah. even understand about you know creativity and you know creative freedom and I don't know. <laughs> I can mm-hmm. I I can't fault him for making these connections, but I can fault him for you know drinking on the job and you know getting in a teenager's face and walking in a house you know <laughs> without letting anybody know you're coming in. There's a lot of things he does wrong here.
1: We don't see him drinking though.
0: Well, you know. Um, Ulrich confirms that he was drinking
1: Ulrich says he smells it on his breath but do we know if he did or not I don't know
0: (laughs) I believe him B I don't know yeah
1: yeah. (laughs) but they might have ended up having a fight but uh, only they are interrupted by Yana who is wanting to know if Egon has an update about Mads and is that why you're here yeah um, and we find out that the reason the door was left open is because Yana is hoping Mads will come home and he didn't have his key.
0: I mean, that's heartbreaking,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: but it's reasonable. I'm, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I can't blame her. That's, that's probably what I would do as well. I mean, it's heartbreaking. It's just a heartbreaking detail. Mm-hmm. Um, my the note for this whole scene, I mean, I guess I could. Go into more notes, but I really feel like um, just based on what I'm seeing today, that um, Egon is kind of an inspiration to Ulrich in the reverse kind of way. Kind of like we're saying, "Hey, this show is telling you what how not to act in your life." Um, maybe Egon is demonstrating to Ulrich how not to be a police officer, and so. Mads was never found obviously so in Ulrich's mind you know this is an inept officer so maybe he grew up to want to become an officer based on you know these because he doesn't seem like the type of kid that would want to be a policeman when he grows up Um, but obviously that changes because he does and I just wonder if that's because you know he wants to right some wrongs that he sees in Winden. Yeah
1: does he think that Egon is doing such a terrible job that he gets inspired to be a policeman one day.
0: Speculation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and he does, one of the things I did not put down is when uh, when Mikkel comes and shows up at the station and Oryx, um, he says, Mikkel says, my dad is the chief of police of Wyndon. Mm-hmm. And Egon is like, he never will do that, you know, so it's like <laughs> irony.
0: <laughs> Does he say that really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that. Awesome, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, because he says, who's you know, he keeps saying, who's your dad, and he's like, Ulrich Nielsen, and he's like, now tell me who your parents are. He's like, I'm Ulrich's son, and he's the chief of police, and Egon's like, no, he's not, and he never will.
0: Be. Wrong, yeah. Egon. <laughs> yeah, so. Time will be your enemy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so, speaking of Mickle, we're back at the hospital, and Mickle is having a checkup by a doctor. The doctor wants to know his name because they need to fill it out for these intake forms. And you know, it could be that Mickle doesn't just isn't, is kind of tired of talking and doesn't want to say anything, but also he's been telling people his name and they aren't believing him.
0: Right. So
1: he needs to come up with, he needs to come up with a new lie. (laughs) He's not going to (laughs) say Mickle Nielsen anymore.
0: Yeah, he doesn't try to make up a name to his credit, Um, but to the doctor's non-credit, I mean, doesn't seem like he really cares. The doctor just wants to, you know, throw it back to Inez and let her deal with it.
1: Well, I think that's what, I mean, that's, this, that's the kind of work that nurses do. They, they, do the, they do the bandaging and, you know, the doctor comes in and says what to do. The nurses are the one that actually does that work in most cases. But yeah, he is kind of like, I got a pager, <laughs> you know, I need to go.
0: He didn't seem so, like he cared, um, I guess was my point. It seems like Inez cares and he does not. That's, that's the takeaway I took from it anyway.
1: It could be, I did think he, the, the man was very doctor-esque. I mean, he was, he was gentle, he was gentle with his investigation. You know, he wasn't, he was being gentle when he examined him. So I, I didn't see it as, okay. you know, but yeah, okay. uh, the well, doctor says, go ahead. Sorry, Steve.
0: I was just going to say, I I won't make the doctor my least favorite character this episode then. (laughs) So he's, he's forgiven. (laughs) Uh,
1: The doctor says he looks fine and you know, Inez is bandaging him up and she keeps talking to him and Mm -hmm. she gives him a comic book and he tells her I'm from the future. It's the truth. These (laughs) are the first words I believe he's spoken to her.
0: To her, yes. Um, He's already talked to some other people, but to her he hasn't said anything. Mm -hmm. He's telling the truth, buddy. He is from the future. I know it. I saw it.
1: But she sees the comic book she's given him. It has an issue called Future Man. So she (laughs) thinks, oh, he's just glomming on to that because, you know.
0: Yeah. I, I wish that comic book was not there because <laughs> that did make her kind of like just dismisses his, his, you know, his sentences as as nothing. But
1: but at least she doesn't she doesn't say no, you're not. You know, she doesn't try True. to change his mind either, yeah. which is a very a very wise adult. Adults take note. This is how you deal with kids with elective mutism or. Mm-hmm absolutely or kids that are in shock or seem to be traumatized just go with you know she was happy she he spoke words at all
0: that's right so kindness (laughs) yeah
1: yeah so now we're in the winden power plant and in the office of burned doppler the current owner and he's the one that's passing the torch to claudia Mm -hmm. claudia comes in and gets on his case that the figures reported don't match the ones in her hands
0: right like what are you handing me here i don't like this
1: yeah yeah she was getting getting on his case and i think it kind of shows they have a pretty good working relationship, though, for her to just come yeah. in his office and immediately begin to ream him. There is no, <laughs> she has no um, fear of of speaking her mind plainly to him. So yeah, did she did like address him by his first name
0: when she came in, too. Sorry.
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Um, so... But he, as a boss does, he quickly dresses her down right back and
2: mm-hmm. starts
1: talking about Chernobyl and yeah. and how that tragedy has made everybody scared. And and Claudia's just like, yeah, so what? <laughs> um, and he tells her that she's not responsible for the whole town because most families have at least one member who's an employee here. So if something bad happens something bad happens to the reputation of this power plant, you are putting this whole entire town at risk. And this is reminding me of, I believe it was episode one when we heard that report. We heard a report that the Winden power plant has, is is one of the longest running power plants with no problems at all.
0: Right. At least not that the public knows about. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that report shows something a little different there and that's why Claudia is so upset about it.
1: Yeah, so what did you think about their interaction here and, you know, his 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 statement that basically he's letting her know that if she wants to be successful, she, she needs to conceal certain things and keep them close to her chest. What did you think of Burned? Um...
0: I wasn't quite sure what to take of him. Um, you know, cause he's a boss on the way out. There's obviously something that's not adding up in the books that he's handing over the power plant to Claudia now. And now, now that's a problem that she has a deal with. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't love that. Um, that perspective of being like someone in charge of a plant and in basically in charge of the whole town, he's aware of this. And there's something that's not looking right, in in their um, reports. So that makes me a little cautious of the guy. Um, and I never really saw him smile or do anything that really, you know. Besides, you know, he's got pictures of his family right there. That's cool, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, I didn't really see anything that made me, um, you know, made me reach out to the guy. Mm-hmm. I just basically saw a, a powerful figure of a plant that. May not be as safe as it seems. I don't know. Did I miss anything? What yeah. what, are your, what are your impressions of burnt?
1: Well, maybe we'll wait till we see him the second time. Okay. To kind of go there.
0: Yeah, we see him again it's coming up.
1: So Egon watches as a man <laughs> as a man performs an autopsy on a sheep. Right. Now I will. I will tell you plainly, Steve. When I saw this scene, my thought was. Oh, it's the perfect you know, Steve likes those for so maybe this this guy will win the best character. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the same optician, but it's a second optician who's equally as entertaining as the first one.
0: (laughs) This guy is entertaining. Like uh (laughs) that other that other autopsy um reporter in the second episode, She there wasn't a lot of good competition. That's why she came to the top. Cause I wasn't really seeing any like characters like at that time that I was like <laughs> loving. Um, so it was kind of an easy win for her. This guy definitely mm. wins some, um, uh, I don't know what you would call it. He's, he's definitely a, an interesting fellow. He has an interesting look about him, and he listens to some interesting music as he does his autopsies. <laughs>
1: Did you recognize this song?
0: Absolutely, I recognized it, yes. Okay,
1: what was it? Because I don't have it in my notes.
0: Oh, The Look of Love by ABC.
1: <laughs> okay, The, the band's Look of called, love. The
0: band's called ABC. The song's called Look mm-hmm. of Love, and I love the way like it breaks down to the bridge with that real like pensive... Um, you know violin chorus right at the same time that he's like wait a second look at this and he shows him like the um the ruptured eardrum like right as the music comes to that weird like strange bridge part and i thought that was such a good pairing and okay that's great
1: now before uh, before we discuss this season, this scene more i wanted to say when the scene when Egon is typing his report where it's like <laughs> 33 missing sheep he's right? also listening to a song and I meant to look up who that one was and I wondered if it was N- Nino D'Angelo because <laughs> like, you know, it was, comes right after when Hannah talks about oh Nino D'Angelo is much better than Falco and, or I mean Egon was listening to this really poppy sounding song in, yeah. his, in his office which cracked me up that he was I was I like didn't... this doesn't seem like his type of music at all <laughs>
0: All. <laughs> I didn't recognize that song But yeah you're absolutely right about that And he was a terrible typer as well
1: mm, Yes I was like what is he writing <laughs> Sheridan prodding or you know like um, He, was, he knew, but was 33 missing sheep But um, yeah he's doing this Autopsy on the sheep and just Sawing into the sheep's Brain and um, Giving him they're talking About the investigation so it's very professional Yeah um, But he's this scene actually makes me laugh a lot because Egon is like so do you know any do you know any Satanists or <laughs> any, are any of these sheep missing a hoof
0: yeah this, to this guy's credit he's just like throws it out the window he's like no <laughs> dude no <laughs> what are you talking about
1: <laughs> yeah but it was. So a lot of this is kind of amusing watching this happen while at the same time, Egon is still trying to find a way to make sure that he can pin it on Ulrich. <laughs> but we do get that sort of creepy detail that the sheep's eardrums were ruptured, right. which really recalls that otoconia stuff mm-hmm. from the previous um, you know, autopsy.
0: I wonder about those, those birds that, um, that fell too from the, if we were to look Mm -hmm. at those birds eardrums, if they would have the same thing going on there that, um, caused their demise.
1: I bet Charlotte will find out.
0: Yep. (laughs) She's the one. If anybody's going to
1: find out, it's Charlotte.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. She's got some, uh, some cadavers that she can check out.
1: (laughs) But I did also, this, this scene ends with the man reminding Egon of the party and the Yugoslavian meatballs, the spicy Yugoslavian meatballs that his wife is cooking. So I did, just out of mere curiosity, Steve, mm-hmm. look up what makes them spicy. Yugoslavian meatballs are spiced with a lot of paprika as well as Worcester sauce. So mm. it's basically meatballs with paprika. I like paprika. Yeah, it doesn't
0: sound bad at all. That sounds normal.
1: That did make me wonder what sort of meat,
0: yeah, they would be. That was using. my next question for you. Did you know that are they using ground beef that they get from a uh, from food lion or are they?
1: <laughs> you know, I found a recipe, but I was really looking for what was making it spicy. I didn't look at the meat and the recipe.
0: Oh well, we'll but, yeah. Oh maybe well. Maybe for next time, we'll we'll get that <laughs> recipe from uh, from his wife. <laughs>
1: So back at the power plant, Claudia and Byrne arrive at this fence area.
2: Mm-hmm. And I,
1: I think we noticed, you could see before that Byrne was in a wheelchair, but it's mm-hmm. we see it clearly now because he's she's pushing him
2: mm-hmm.
1: to this fenced area. And this is where he says the quote, what we know is a drop, what we don't know an ocean. And Claudia goes on alone and enters the underground cave. Now, so far we've seen people enter the caves through this one right. spot. And this is a completely different spot. The back door cave entrance, I don't know, but you right. have to rappel down a rope <laughs> to, to get there.
0: So obviously burnt can't go down there. Um, but he
1: did at one point, at obviously. At one point, yeah. yeah.
0: And, oh yeah, so I guess that tells us he wasn't always in that wheelchair. Little mystery, maybe why he is in that wheelchair could have something to do with that. Maybe he was spelunking in his heels, <laughs> and he fell and, and ruptured his spine. I don't know, but yeah, she is in heels as she is spelunking down. That is interesting.
1: I mean, maybe maybe Oric needs to take some safety tips from Claudia because she's doing much better in yeah. her investigation than than he did. Um, but she climbs down the rope, and yeah, she is not dressed for this at all. But there you go, Claudia gets it done.
0: Yes, she does.
1: Um, <laughs> she moves through the cavern until she finds this wall of bright yellow barrels, marked with the radiation symbol. Yeah, we could make a lot of thoughts out of this scene, but I mm-hmm. will tell you my immediate thought, Steve is, okay. um, we saw. Back in 2019, Alexander mentioned m- m- we need to move them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are yeah. th- is this the them? 33 years later, th- these Whew. were the barrels? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, it could
0: be. I mean, this probably is definitely what's in those reports that doesn't look right. Um, what immediately went through my head was mm. this should not be there in these caves and that they're somehow like skirting some regulation um, by storing them here. Somehow they're maybe they're saving money, or I don't know why they're doing it. If it's a monetary thing, or if it's some other reason that they're saving this chemicals for, um, I, I thought maybe they were just skirting some regulations.
1: When you say these shouldn't be here, what what can you say more about that? <laughs> because um, yeah. What do you mean by that?
0: I mean, like, um, they're marked radioactive, mm-hmm. so they shouldn't be like in in a ca- like a, a unventilated cave um, underground right. that's accessible only by rope. Um, they should be <laughs> properly stored, you know, properly sealed. They don't look like they're properly stored to me whatsoever. Yeah. So I think you know, obviously, it's not right what we're seeing. This is not just a part of the plant that's like, you know, oh, this is where we store our barrels. And over here is where we <laughs> store the pens, you know? <laughs>
1: well, I mean, I kind of, you know, this, when I see kinds of these kinds of scenes in movies, honestly, I, I never know what to think. Sure. Um, I don't know the regulations, but this, it seems to me that this cave is part of the, this cave is part of the power plant property. Um, it's in a fenced area. Mm-hmm. There's a cave. You go down. Now, it like you said, it's it's like whatever's there. Since it's just a hole, if there's something there, it can just go into the environment. So that's right. that's got to be bad. Um, but but it's I wondered if I was supposed to understand something that I didn't understand when they showed this because not only. Or is there a wall of barrels, which which that doesn't seem safe? That they're all like you know they're stacked up like Legos, mm-hmm. but there was this noise, and I'm like, is that music or is that the, is that like a noise coming from the barrels? Yeah. Hmm.
0: I'll like, just what do you that...
1: think's in the barrels?
0: I assume radioactive waste, since it's like a power plant. Yeah. That's my that's my first thought is radioactive. I'm thinking like a normie here. <laughs>
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. radioactive waste (laughs) I mean I think this is the
0: waste that they're supposed to spend like millions of dollars into properly sealing it away in a proper environment not in a cave that's completely open that anybody could like climb a rope down into and it's exposed to the air and everything else That's not a place it should be Mm
1: -hmm. so
0: um, if not radioactive material then what else is in there big piles of money bodies Eric with the K
1: Eric <laughs> <laughs> he needs a place to store all of that dope
0: Mads maybe Mads in one of those barrels I don't know um, <laughs> I know whatever it is yeah. it ain't good this is not a good thing that she's finding out here this is not a good first day for her
1: yeah yeah so um, at the Tiedemann house Regina arrives home from school to find the house empty She listens to Mm. the answer machine and realizes that she's on her own for dinner. And she pulls up her sleeves and we see that she cuts herself.
0: Yeah, that's a surprise. Not a good surprise. And I guess she's not really well looked after. Um, Her mom, you know, power plant she's a great woman she's there doing her thing but it seemed like this was a normal thing for for this girl to come home and nobody being there and she's got to heat up some crap for dinner from the fridge um Mm -hmm. she's a she's a lonely child here and the, the the cutting scars that that's also telling right there that you know
1: but I, I don't, yeah, I don't know whether she's suicidal or she's cutting herself. But either way, she's
0: sure, she's sure. inflicting she, she's that. inflicting
1: damage on on herself.
0: And that, I remember that being a thing when I was, you know, in high school in the eighties. You know, there were people that cut themselves and they didn't mm-hmm. try to commit suicide, they cut themselves shallowly just for like, yeah, temporary fix, release fixate, of f- yeah fixation sadness, yeah. satisfaction whatever. And um yeah, that that was a big problem in the eighties. I guess it's still a I guess it's remained a problem, but I remember it being a prevalent problem.
1: So Egon drives to where the dead sheep were found and spots something on the ground. It's a dead bird, mm-hmm. and then it begins raining dead birds. Mm. And the lights begin to flicker in different parts of the town, much like they did in episode two. And uh, Charlotte puts the dead bird in the freezer. Mickle runs from the hospital to the caves. Another part of the town, teenage Ulrich sits at the bus stop, and Hannah rides up on her bike. And the two of them chat, and she asks if he could have one thing different, what would it be? And he says, A world without Winden.
0: No future.
1: <laughs> no future.
0: I have a lot of notes just for that little bit that you just read there. I don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. I'll let you start then.
1: (laughs) Do you want, uh, I mean, you can go ahead because I I don't know that I have so many notes. I have more things to say about the montage and all that Mm -hmm. later, but go ahead.
0: Well, first off, uh, like I said before, this evening that these lights are flickering is the evening of November 5th. 1986.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So the evening right. of November 4th, 2019, the same thing happened, the lights flickering. So that makes mm-hmm. me wonder, in 1986, did the lights flicker on November 4th and then they flickered again tonight on November 5th? Or is this the first time that we're seeing the lights flicker in 1986?
1: Well, is it is it actually the same event um because you said I don't know. you said that in so november 4th mm-hmm. is where the show begins right yes is that what you said
0: that's the day so that yeah
1: th- and the next day episode 2 takes place 9 hours
0: mm-hmm.
1: after so it's actually the next that's morning. actually november 5th yes so and this is november 5th so yes. it's 33 years but at the same the same day the lights are flickering probably at the same time so I'm guessing in both time periods the lights flickered at the same time.
0: Right okay and that's pretty much why Mickle is running back to the caves because he's like I need to get back to my time. He's already tried everywhere here in 1986. So I, I'm thinking that he's running back to the caves to go back to where he came from. Like he's thinking right. that'll happen.
1: Right. If I go back again, if I go back to the caves, I can find the portal back to my time.
0: Right. Something I don't understand. I understand the lights flickering.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that makes perfect sense to me, especially with the cave and the way the cave connects the power plant with the other area. That makes perfect sense to me why the lights when the town would flicker. Doesn't make sense to me why the car lights would flicker and why the flashlights would flicker. That doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Now the flashlights flickering, that was November 4th from the first night.
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah, okay. And here we see Egon's flashlight flicker and his headlights flicker too.
1: So I guess it did happen both nights. I guess it. You're right. It must have happened November fourth, and then it happened again on November fifth. So Mickels thought is it's happening again. Like Helg said, it's happening again. So mm-hmm. I can go back to the cave. Oh, this is the time when you can cross. Yeah. Maybe so Mik- is that what you were asking?
0: Yeah. <laughs> or bas- yeah. I'm just asking for clarification because that's what kind of what it seemed like to me. Hmm. And yeah,
1: I'm, I'm guessing that the lights flickering is like, oh, it happened at this time and now it's happening again the next day.
0: Oh, but that doesn't address my original question, though. Why are yeah. flashlights and car lights flickering? I mean, I understand why the lights at the school and the hospital and stuff like that, but I don't understand the flashlights and the car lights flickering. I don't understand the correlation. Now, hopefully we'll see that later. But right now mm. it just doesn't make sense to me how something unrelated to the power grid would be flickering.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was. When I see this, I never know what to think either. Is it, an all, <laughs> okay. you know, is it just in all fairness? Is it an electrical pulse or something? Is it something related right. to the power plant? Because those barrels are there or, you know, mm. and it's all mm-hmm. connected, like everything's connected. So the lights flickering and the dead birds, audio happen
0: vibrations at yeah. the same
1: time, sheep dying. Um, so there's, yeah, is it when the chair is operating?
0: huh yeah you that's know like
1: a, that chair the murder chair
0: right absolutely it's got to draw a lot of power lots of cords coming out of that thing and it's probably connected to the power grid as well mm-hmm. like to the power plant that makes a lot of sense yeah the chair the chair
2: the chair
0: <laughs> <laughs> an easier question might be this um is this meetup between hannah and ulrich planned or did she just happen to see ulrich there and go sit with him?
1: I don't think it was planned. I don't think Ulrich is like, meet me at the bus stop. Okay. I think Hannah um, follows Ulrich a lot.
0: Just like in 2019, when she says, I love you to <laughs> Ulrich, and Ulrich just says, you're beautiful. Here, yeah. it looks like she's all into Ulrich, and she's giving him the eyes, and he's just kind of mm-hmm. like, whatever, smoking a cigarette. Um, you know, he's friendly to her, but he's certainly yeah. not flirty with her by any means um probably because he's you know got his mind on Katarina and got his mind on the apocalypse and <laughs> all other kind of stuff yeah. oh yeah he says something about the apocalypse here and then he right. said something about the apocalypse in the first episode too when he says that the um all the muffins are gone it must be the apocalypse <laughs> He says something about the bakery, like when he went to the bakery and how, like, how busy the bakery wow. was. And he says okay, it must be Steve. the apocalypse.
1: <laughs> okay, I, yeah, good catch. But okay, that yeah, that's your moment for this week. I mean, Yay. I mean, you can have more than one, but I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. I've never, I've never put those two things together because oh, I'm right always on. like, I'm always like, all right, you scoundrel." <laughs> With you croissants. But he actually says the the apocalypse of the apocalypse. Yeah. He says apocalypse here. I'm always just like, Oh, Hannah, you're so you're so obvious. But yeah, I mean I think Hannah's just for him, she's a little kid, you know, yes. like compared to big bad teenage you know, when you're an older kid, you don't want to hang out with younger kids. You want to hang out with the older kids.
0: Yeah, it's true. Unless it's a cool younger kid like Mickle, you want to hang out with him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jonas does.
0: Yeah, Jonas that's right. Mikkel. Ultimate fist bump.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. So, did you want to have any other notes that you wanted to cover here?
0: Um. Just as we go, nothing okay. back.
1: So during our musical interlude here, because we've reached our montage,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) um, we see parallel shots of characters from 1986 and 2019. And I'm sure I forgot some of them, but Inez looking at the wooden box and looking in the room to find Mickle missing from the hospital. Trant and Yana who are lying in bed in both time periods. Mm -hmm. And then Trant gets up (laughs) <laughs> Sneaks out of the
0: room. As usual. Typical,
1: yeah. <laughs> Charlotte looking at the birds. Ulrich looking at his empty brother's bed in nineteen eighty six and his empty son's bed in two thousand and nineteen. That
0: was rough stuff, yeah.
1: Regina applying red lipstick.
0: Is that what she's doing?
1: Uh well older Regina is examining giving herself a breast exam. Mm-hmm younger regina is applying red lipstick and she's doing her hair because her mother was telling her before you know oh you need to work on your appearance and work on looking better and not being so ratty i didn't and regina's not not gonna do that but she does it when she's alone (sighs) she gets dolled up yeah and puts on that red lipstick
0: what um, I thought was happening there is I thought... I mean, obviously, the older Regina was giving herself a breast exam. I thought the younger Regina was doing the exact same thing, except they weren't, you know, showing her breast because she's younger. I thought that they were trying to mm-hmm. show us that she's like a hypochondriac, that she's, like, always, like, giving herself breast exams, like, afraid that she has a disease. That's what I thought no, it was trying I do to think, per- portray to uh, us.
1: So, I do think she... Um, you you can go back and, and look at it again, but um, if you focus on Young Regina, she's putting her hair looks really nice. Yes. Like it's not in her face. She pulls it back. She puts on red lipstick, and I think she does open her rope. But she's probably you know when you're yet that age, you look at your body. You're okay. like, oh, I'm becoming a young woman. I'm becoming a teenager. So I think she's just she's just noticing. Okay. She you know enjoying her. Blossoming womanhood, or whatever. All right. And then, of course, in 2019, Regina is is afraid and and giving herself a breast exam. So, right. Um, those are those are the dual images for her. Okay. Um, now the song that's playing is familiar by Agnes Obel, and um, oh, one other thing is Claudia is opening the package that Held gives her and finds a copy of the book, A Journey Through Time by H.G. Um, So the song Familiar is a really beautiful song and it has so many tie-ins to the plot. And I have a quote here from, from Agnes Obel. She said that this is a song about a secret. I wanted to make some songs about secrets and also how great they can be because I believe secrets can make things feel special. I know that for myself from when I make songs, but they can also be bad. This song is about a secret love. The secret grows and it's so hard for the person who is in love with this other person or the person having the affair. Hmm. And um so we in our in our world we've seen we've seen some people having affairs but we've also seen a lot of secrets. So yeah. I think this song is so perfect um, for this show and for this episode, showing the faces of our characters and just sort of their, in a way, each of them is keeping a secret of some kind. Right. You know, Ulrich is, he's already, we know he's keeping a secret from having this affair with Hannah, but in, in this, time period he leaves katarina again after she asked him not to have any secrets and he leaves to go to the caves again to look for his son right um you know regina obviously is having has this secret time at home that her mom has no idea about and she's alone by herself and charlotte has her secret bird you know in the freezer (laughs) um but uh but this song is one of, I will say this song is one of the songs that people who love this show remember the most Okay, is this scene in episode three and this, the lyrics are, are really powerful. So check that out sometime if you have a chance.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. They picked the great greatest songs for these moods and I loved it. And I guess, let's see, song-wise, I don't know if I have any notes for this there's a couple songs coming up um, in the series that I know about that that I connected with more and we'll talk about them as we get to those episodes um, this one is one I guess I um, I mean I love the song but it's not one that I, um, that I kept with me outside of the show that like I put it like in my regular playlist rotation I guess because some of these songs I have put in my regular <laughs> playlist mm-hmm. um, yeah. this just doesn't happen to be one of them um, but it's a great choice, especially the like the opening track to the song is just like mood all over. The biggest note I have for this, because yeah, we're getting on almost two hours now. We do got to start wrap up. <laughs>
2: up. Yeah.
0: But this is a pretty important note. This book, A Journey Through Time by H.G. Tannenhaus is, is not an actual book. It's a book mm-hmm. just written for the show. And H.G. Tannenhaus, of course, makes you think about H.G. Wells. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, he's known for writing books about time travel. And of course we're dealing with time travel here in a book called (laughs) a journey through time. Um, all signs are pointing to, you know, time, time traveling. And, um, I guess that name choice HG Tannenhaus was deliberate. A nod to HG Wells. It had to be because like the, uh, the publisher of this book is like Minotaur publishing Minotaur mm-hmm. Publishing, which is like the Minotaurs from the, the you know, Labyrinth. and Yep. I don't know. Uh, I think this is a great fictional book, <laughs> a fictional fiction book that they made to, to introduce to the show.
1: It is. And the man on the back of the book, we see him working on a machine that looks like the one in The Stranger Keeps in the Suitcase. Mm-hmm. And he was also the man on the television set in the creepy blue room, the scientist that was giving the Whoa. lecture.
0: Yeah, you're right. That's is right. H.G. Tanhouse. Okay. Yeah, I didn't make that connection. That's great.
1: Yeah. Um, one more thing as part of the recap, and then we can get into any closing questions. Uh, the most heartbreaking thing, of course, is that Ulrich drives to the caves. Right. Arriving at the same time as Mikkel, and they are. You know, Ulrich is obviously there looking for Mikkel, calling Mm -hmm. for him. Mikkel is calling for his dad. And we feel like the way that it's shot, we almost get the feeling they can hear each other at a distance. But in 33 years apart. And then they just have to leave because uh, they can't find each other. And also Mikkel gets really badly hurt again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this kid is getting banged up. Um, the first thing I thought, and Heather verbalized this, it's funny that she said it and I was thinking it was, why does he have a golf club? Why does Ulrich carrying around a golf club? And it turns out that was just a, you know, crowbar to like try to pry that door open.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I do think, okay, this is, this scene right here, like I think is like the scene of the show. Like I would give this right. like the, the the best scene of the show and scenes like this basically are like what makes watching other television shows hard for me because I love this scene so much and everything about it. And I can't go from watching this to like watching some like, you know, family guy, you know, it just doesn't work. I can't watch mm-hmm. stupid shows because <laughs> I like yeah. shows that do this kind of stuff to you. I, I, have been in the situation. No, I haven't been in the situation. I feel like I've been in a situation where I've experienced things that have happened in the same place I'm at in the past. Like I feel like time can kind of hang on to like little tiny energy sources that can be trapped in a space. And what I'm seeing here is the father and the son you know they can they can kind of hear each other they do feel each other's energy there they're frustrated mm-hmm. that they can't actually tangibly do it but you know it, it seems to me that mickle did hear his dad banging and that his mm-hmm. dad did hear like a faint voice calling him from the past and it's just beautiful the way it is. It's heartbreaking. It's beautiful. And I relate to it because it's what I always think about and wish for when I'm in old places, like, you know, places beyond time, like an old cavern that's been there for millions of years.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's really sad because we want them to find each other.
0: Oh, yeah. And I don't know who I feel sadder for. I mean, they're both miserable. I, f- I guess it's Mikkel because an adult, you know, like Mickle has nowhere to go. Ulrich can go back home and lay down in his bed and be sad there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, Mikkel's got nowhere to go and every place he's turned, he's come up empty. Um, I think his best yeah. bet at this point would be get, go back to the hospital and talk to your friend Inez Mikkel. <laughs> that'd be my advice for you right now, my friend. And yeah, get those... <laughs> because of those cuts bandaged up while you're there too because yeah he's getting yeah. really and beat now
1: up. whatever your leg that you <laughs> you have possibly yeah. your leg that you broke too I mean did he break his leg I mean I, I guess don't, we don't I know don't yet think he, I mean, he he might have sprained his ankle but he seemed to be hard for him to walk yeah so that's that's how it ends and it's I mean, it ends there, and then we go see the the weird scientist dude. That <laughs> so were hmm.
0: Like, there was but, there was yeah. they could have ended like in lots of different scenes here because a lot of these scenes like just had a lot of weight to them, and the way they closed out, it just you know you feel a lot of weight with these scenes, in my opinion. Um, wonderful start to end. I love it all. Um, but Lindsay, I'm going to ask you first. Um. Mm. Can we go into who we who we like and who we didn't like in this episode? So I can uh...
1: character character sure sure
0: <laughs> sure sure um,
1: sure sure sure. No, I was like no, I was like I should have thought about this before.
0: I can go first um, if you want. Instead of
1: or... okay, sure, go ahead because I already yeah. have
0: mine written down. So I've already pre Perfect. thought about this. Um, yeah, my my number one character is not the auto- autopsy guy, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> I gave that honor to Inez this time around. Um, are we sa- mm. Am I saying her name right? How should I say her name?
1: I don't know. I say I say Inez, but...
0: Okay, yeah. I used to know a girl named Inez, so that's easiest for me. Um, yeah, just the way she um, handled Mickle, and the way she handled her friend and covered the shift and everything just looks, you know... In this episode... You know, I, I don't like the Inez of 2019 so much. I don't know why, but it just doesn't seem like she's as friendly. But this mm. Inez, absolutely. She wins for this episode, in my opinion.
1: Okay, so I think I'm going to give my number one character spot for this episode to Claudia Tiedemann. Okay. Cause she is just a boss bitch. I mean, she's awesome. <laughs> she just comes in, and I don't know you. She's kind of that uh, picture of working woman, right? You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's stylish. She's smart. She's can she can <laughs> spelunk down a <the> rope. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they even showed us like a like a little bit of her being kind you know, to Tron, too. Because if it wasn't for that, we would have only seen her being kind of stern and kind of bossy. But when we see that little bit of her, too, it kind of adds to her character that, you know, she's nice to the underlings. Hmm?
1: You mean Helg?
0: I'm sorry. Yeah, Helg. That's right. That's right.
1: Yeah, Tron, I don't know
0: about that situation. That's a different deal. (laughs) I'm talking about the the, the janitor.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. So what about your... (laughs) What about your uh, villain of the episode?
0: Yeah, there really is no like big major villain. Anybody that really pissed me off. But um, I just I didn't get the best vibes in the world from our police officer here. Um, What did did you say his name was? Egon. Egon. Yeah. Um, Not necessarily that I hated him or anything, but it seems like he's a he's a pretty clear front runner for most unpleasant person this episode. Um you're right about the way he does his job fine. He's he's really looking for clues. He's following leads. He's doing his thing. But he's drinking on the job. He's, you know, leaving Mickle alone in the police station. Probably shouldn't do that. I don't know. Just kind of get the vibe. He's just kind of a mess.
1: Hmm. Okay. I'm giving my bozo, (laughs) my bozo (laughs) (laughs) horde. That's what I'm going to call him from now on, maybe. I'm going to give it to Katerina.
0: Katerina. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was kind of. Yeah,
1: because she was.
0: Can I change my answer?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Too late. No, no, I think, I think you picked a good one, um, too, with, with Egon, but I don't know, I didn't like. You know, I'm very protective of of Mickle, and I I don't like the way that she pushed around a little kid.
0: Yeah, and she blamed if she like accused him of being on acid. <laughs> that was a pretty yeah, funny one. <laughs>
1: just unnecessary unnecessary stuff.
0: Oh, she you said know? the f word too. Like when she was talking about her principal, that wasn't too cool either.
1: Yep, she's shown herself to be all kinds of things in that in that scene.
0: Yeah. Yeah, solid choice, man. I've kind of forgotten about her. That's but...
1: And that's Ulrich's dream woman.
0: <laughs> I know, yeah. He's loving her. Wait, did she pick him up on the motorcycle or did he pick her up on the motorcycle? I forgot she, that part. She
1: brings the the scooter or moped over his house.
0: Okay, yeah, so she's the she's a cyclist. So that shows <laughs> that she's even more of like a bad girl. <laughs> she's <laughs> riding a motorcycle around. I don't know. I'm grasping yeah. at straws.
1: Isn't that interesting that she became principal?
0: Yeah, she doesn't seem the principal type. (laughs) Ulrich doesn't seem the police (laughs) officer type. These are, um, I don't know. It's telling of their characters, I guess. I hope we see some, I mean, obviously we're going to see some big changes. And that's what we like to see in shows as characters change and morph and learn and grow.
1: No, oh, I think they definitely will. I'm very interested to see how you'll feel about these characters. <laughs> me too. The far we go along.
0: <laughs> Same here, because I, I have very scattered memories of uh, the second half of season two, and pretty much all of season three um, kind of befuddled me. Um, like I said, I got lost somewhere halfway through um, season two and never recovered, but I kept watching the show out of habit, even though I was very confused about what I was watching. So... From our start here, it's going to be smooth sailing. I got gotcha. you. Mm.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think the only thing I want to say, and we've, we're running long, so we aren't going to talk about this too much, but I did tell Steve I was going to start talking more about colors as we go along. Oh, we didn't get up. to do a yeah. lot of that today, but we've got red a lot of red in this episode and so I'm actually wearing a red my closest thing to a red shirt I don't own a lot of red but uh as we watch the show we're gonna follow these colors and see if we if they if we think they mean anything
0: I think you did a yeah. good job of pointing those colors out you put out the red lipstick the red dress the blue um the yellow is, ob- the, yellow is the most obvious colors that we're seeing um you mentioned the chair and the yellow raincoat, but you also mentioned the yellow cup. Um something else yellow that I overlooked.
1: Mhm. Yeah, there's with doing it by each episode will become will become more interesting, but yes. Hannah is has Hannah's wearing yellow and blue, so um, she wore a blue coat in the first episode. So I've noticed Hannah wears a lot of a lot of blue. So the blue is mainly the biggest thing that's blue is the blue the blue room, creepy blue room. Oh right. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> bef-
1: but uh, yeah, mm, we'll save a lot of that for we'll save that more for future episodes.
0: And before anybody says anything like, hey, what's the big deal about colors? It's just a shirt, it's just a jacket, it's no big deal. You gotta realize that these are planted for us to pick up and for us to analyze. This is like a fictional show. So these clues are put there for us to pick up. Nothing is random, we gotta assume that. Like I see Lindsay in a red shirt and I don't think anything of it because we're in reality. (laughs) But if this was like a fictionalized show, it would mean something and we have to delve into these things. So I'm gonna, I support yeah. you uh, delving into these subjects.
1: Plus the show, you know, remember the show is called Dark and Wyndon is a very bleak and gray town. So mm. these colors really stand out. And one, one thought you could have right. is, well, it just looks nice. It's pretty pictures. But th- this being a Bo, uh, Bo and Yantya production, we mm-hmm. know that everything has significance. So we wanna just follow those colors and see if, we can come up with any any theories and there's theories online if you if you want to start getting into those but we're Steve and I are going to approach this on a clean a clean slate as much as we can and come up with our own theories <laughs> or maybe we'll find the same theory as somebody else but we'll get to it in our own way
0: i'll only counter with don't look at other theories online just listen to me and Lindsay's theories <laughs> Only check out Sweet Shot of Time and one of my (laughs) stories. (laughs) That's where you're going to find us. Um,
1: (laughs) You found the best. Why do you need the rest?
0: Exactly. Well, we got to wrap up. We've gone well over two hours now. Um, But, Lindsay, another great one. I can't wait to watch episode four. I'm not going to do it now. It's too late at night to watch episode Mm -hmm. four, but I will see you next week with episode four, Lindsay. Hope you always find water and shade, Lindsay.
1: Steve, I hope you find water, shade, and some Yugoslavian meatballs.
0: Oh, boy, I'm a vegetarian. Can you please make them with <laughs> tofu instead?
1: <laughs> sure, sure. Any, we, we, might, we don't know what the meat is, again, so it can be made of anything.
0: Well, it's got to be seitan or tofu, or it's not for me. Thank you, <laughs> Lindsay. Until next week. Bye. Bye.